Welcome to the NFL Championship Weekend, Conference Championship Weekend edition of Sports Fellowship with Fox and Frank. I'm Dan Fox. And I'm Frank Knight. Hey Frank, how are you? Excited, pumped, and abundantly blessed. I love it. I love it a lot. All right, so here we come. This is season number three, episode number 20. So... Uh, shout out to Dark Chocolate Delight and the Third Period Homies. You want to get that out of the way? What's up, guys? Victor. That's right. Want to make sure we get all that out of the way? Victor's in Atlantic City. I know. He's. Yeah. You think he's at the craps table? I doubt it. Well, <laughs> he is. Somebody's breaking a law. Uh, can't you see him with like, his nose just over the craps table? I can. I can see him working in the craps table because he likes to work. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, so... Um, tonight we're just gonna we're gonna just solely take a look back at what happened last week in uh, in the divisional round of the playoffs, and then we're gonna take a look forward to the conference championship week, uh, make our predictions for the Super Bowl, um, and in terms of who's gonna be in it, we'll we'll wait to make our official predictions of who's gonna win, of course, uh, for later. But we're gonna make our predictions of what the matchup is gonna be in the Super Bowl, uh, and. Uh, very exciting, cool stuff. We'll talk about some of the vacancies in the NFL. There are there so are a number filled. of vacancies. A, hand, a couple of them have been filled. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk about our outlook there with some of that. And then uh, we'll kind of wrap this puppy up. I... All right. So in the way of vacancies, Frank, the yes. teams that are open, the uh, Chicago Bears filled their, op- their opening with... Uh, with Matt Eberflus, mm. who used to be the linebackers coach in Dallas and was passed over. He, he was looking to become a D coordinator, and he was passed over in Dallas, and so he took a job with Indianapolis as right. their D coordinator. There was some talk in Dallas that he's got that he had head coaching material back then when he was just the linebackers coach. I guess we're going to find and out. And so now he's finally got that shot, Yeah. so we wish him well. Hope he does well there. Um then the New York football giants filled their head coaching position with a uh, former offensive coordinator with the Buffalo B-I-L-L-S. So what are, what's your thought on that guy? Well, I, I mean, I know that they also took one of the executives from Buffalo for their GM position, so I think that there was a tie-in there. Um, I don't know, because I don't know a lot about him. All I can go by is uh, what Buffalo has done, and it's certainly they've been successful, so... Uh, I guess there's a track record there, and the Giants are trying to, you know. Is there? It, it's it's Brian Dayball. Dayball is the guy who they hired. Do you think it's the system that he's going to bring with him for Buffalo, or is it the personnel? Well, he certainly can't bring Josh Allen with him. So, uh, you know, that's the big major change that's happened in Buffalo. Obviously, it's making them uh, competitive as they are. Yes, they have a very good defense, so somebody made some good decisions there, although that didn't reveal itself so much in the last week's game. But, yeah. Um, I, I think uh, Buffalo has had a very dynamic offense yeah. um, and put up a lot of yards and a lot of statistics. Well, except for they, Josh Allen. they don't. But my question for you is more, do you see a lot of creativity in that offense, or is it just the Josh Allen makes them dynamic with the receivers he has? Hmm. I think Josh Allen is becoming a full-fledged superstar in the NFL. They've got themselves a big-time franchise quarterback who's capable of doing a lot of different things. He can throw the ball with accuracy. He's very mobile and obviously can run with the ball. So they've got a dynamic um, weapon that they can use. Now, they do have solid receivers, too. This uh, Who's the player that uh, scored all the points I don't even know I the guy's even name. His name. I don't even know his uh, name. Uh, uh, Matt, Matt, our our Bills fan friend, uh, he he told us the name the other night. I but, came out of nowhere. Yeah. So um, you know, uh, it it speaks to the um, powers that be making the decisions to draft players, making smart decisions, and they obviously have Stefan Diggs as well. Um, I don't know. It seems like they did a good job of personnel, both on offense and defense. So they put together a pretty nice team. So that's that's positive for the Giants. And I'm not saying he's going to be a flop or anything like that. It's just I don't recall seeing a whole lot of dy- dynamic 
formations or matchup movement and stuff in order to get uh, in order to I don't I didn't see a whole lot of creativity okay. uh, from the op- I'm not saying they, they they're not dynamic and they didn't play well as if because they did but I just my question is uh, is it was it the personnel or the scheme and I think my my opinion yeah. uh, just my opinion okay. is that it was the personnel more than the scheme and I think with the Giants they're going to have to go a long way in personnel before they're going to get to the place where they're going to be uh, able to be as dynamic as the Bills were. We've been saying it a while. The Giants need to build themselves an offensive line. They have made a decision. They've come out and said that the Daniel Jones is their guy at quarterback. And I don't know that Saquon Barkley's going anywhere. So the next step is to build yourself a nice offensive line, improve the defense a little bit, you know, and then uh, if you're right about the schemes not being the thing, well, then they better start drafting some pretty good players. And in commenting about Matt Eberflus, uh, I'm not sure that the, in Chicago, I, the my my the thing that puzzles me about hiring Matt Eberflus for that job is that to me the defense is not the problem in right. Chicago. I think uh, they still have some dynamic pieces for that defense to be really good in Chicago. Um, I, yeah. I think the question marks are all around the offense. Sure. And why would you hire a, a, a defensive-minded head coach with, with no offensive experience and then throw a second-year quarterback? Well, let's see what they do on offense. Let's see who they bring in personnel-wise. You know, Maybe they'll bring the right person in to, to uh, handle the offense and make some good personnel decisions in the draft and maybe even free agency. So I think you have to wait and see what Chicago does first before you judge it. Okay, and then the other head coaching opening that has been filled is the Den- Denver Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett, who was the gr- offense coordinator at Green Bay, to be their head coach. Um, so, you know, supposedly the Cowboys defensive coordinator, Mr. Quinn, mm-hmm. was one of the finalists for that job, and they decided to go with Nathaniel Hackett um, to fill that vacancy. Um, I think the Broncos have a really good team. Um, they just are don't have a quarterback. So here's what people are saying. Aaron Rodgers to Denver. Uh, that he would be a, that would be appealing to him uh, with Hackett going there, and that sounds reasonable. I happen to think Aaron Rodgers is staying right where he is, but what do I know? But I, you know, I think that would be a good fit for Aaron Rodgers if he went to Denver. They've got talent there. Uh, they're ready to win. It's a tough division. It's a tougher conference, too. I think if Aaron Rodgers stayed in the NFC, he'd stand a better chance of winning a Super Bowl, in my opinion, or at least getting to one. I think this offseason is going to be another one of those where there's all these rumors of some of these big-name quarterbacks potentially being on the move. Uh, because we've already the rumor mill's already started with Aaron Rodgers. It's already started with Russell Wilson again. Um, and I think there's going to be more rumors about other starting quarterbacks. You know, what's going to happen uh, down with the Texans quarterback, is he going to finally get uh, Deshaun Watson? Is he going to get uh, cleared of his the accusations, or right. is he? Go, you know, where's that going? Uh, and I think I think it's going to be a lot of musical chairs with a lot of people left without a seat, uh, like last offseason. Yeah, could very well be. Um, and I think Denver is going to be one of those teams. Denver has not ever since. Uh, between when John Elway retired, they went for years and years without a quarterback and without a legitimate quarterback. And then they finally had Peyton Manning at the tail end of his career for three years. And then, uh, then they have been a, a cavernous wasteland at the quarterback position since then. Well, I think that's one of the reasons people are speculating Rodgers could go there, you know, Elway, um, possibly lure him there. Uh, you know, uh, you heard. You heard Aaron Rodgers say, I don't want to be part of a rebuild. Correct. And so I don't know if Green Bay is planning on making some major changes or not, but if they are, he may be enticed to leave. And Denver has the, uh, they have the draft picks to give away, and they can give up a player. Uh, so they could realistically get Aaron Rodgers in a trade. And they're an AFC team. You know that uh, I'm sure Green Bay wouldn't want to trade Aaron Rodgers to San Francisco, for instance. So, yeah, it would be interesting. But I happen to think he's staying, but I could see where it could happen. And so just to, just to follow up, that that coach going there is the reason I think it's possible. Okay. I, I guess I can see it, but I, I, I just don't see how 
Green Bay could justify uh, moving on from Rodgers until they absolutely have to. Right. I don't um, think so, they want to at all. Well, supposedly the Green Bay is $50 million over the cap for they next have season. Issues. But, you know, th- we, we talk about that like it's a hard, fast cap, and teams always seem to be able to manipulate money True. Uh, and move it around to be able to accommodate things um, and stuff like that. So I'm less of a, you know, a, a, a cap certaintist um, in that, um, you know, there have been times that Dallas has been up against the cap and the, and Jerry Jones has been able to manipulate money and move it back yeah. and forth and, and stuff and been able to s- still free up enough to be able to sign the players he wants and stuff. So and Speaking of the Cowboys, um, we know that uh, the Saints' Sean Quinn... Just, Sean Payton. Just Sean Payton, I'm sorry, just retired. Well, he didn't retire. He's taking He's, a break. He, he, they're calling it stepping away. Fair enough. So the other team, just, just uh, right, just to go back Saints. a step, just for a second. The other teams that are without a head coach okay. at this point are the New Orleans Saints because Sean Payton just announced the other day yeah. he's going to be stepping away. The Jacksonville Jaguars after firing uh, Urban Meyer Byron on December, which has been rumored there, right? But then supposedly there's a power struggle there with the with the GM because uh, Mr. Khan, the owner of the team, refuses to, fu- to get rid of the GM, and Byron Leftwich wants his own GM gotcha. in there. And he's got a friend of his who's one of the assistant GMs in Arizona that he wants to come in with him. I see. And so it's a, yeah. it's a, a huge mess. As are the Jaguars. Then you've got the Minnesota Vikings mm-hmm. after, after uh, not renewing Mike Zimmer's contract. They, they signed a GM, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so A lot of these names I don't even recognize. Yeah, Shame on I me, did. But. I did not recognize the the Vikings' new GM's name, so it's hard to pronounce. Um, too. It, it is, and then the Miami Dolphins are still without a coach uh, after they they fired like Flores. Brian Flo- Brian, Brian Flores, Flores. Um, and then last but not least, you well uh, two more, excuse me. You got the Houston Texans, and they're a tire fire. Yeah, um, and sad because I think that coach David Culley did a pretty good job under the circumstances. Um, yeah. They pulled out some wins, and you didn't expect them to. They played to. hard for them. They played a lot of game, a lot of teams tough when they were double-digit underdogs. Yeah. Um, and I think they, you know, they have a severe lack of talent. Uh, they have a severe, all kinds of problems with the with the Deshaun Watson situation, taking up uh, almost forty million dollars against their cap and not getting any play out of them. Yeah, uh, and Indianapolis is fortunate to be in that division. I mean, Tennessee is pretty good, but right. uh, you know, the two other teams, Jacksonville and. And Houston are just, like you said, tire fires. Right. Then the last team that's still looking for a head coach is the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Yes. Uncle Glenn Mm -hmm. and company are uh, still trying to figure out what they're going to do to replace John Gruden. People think that Jim Harbaugh may be headed there. Correct. That's the prevailing rumor. Yeah. So we'll see. But uh, Michigan, that's Michigan, University of Michigan's coach, uh, supposedly coming back to the NFL for a big big guaranteed payday. But since we're talking about coaches and moving around and stuff, I want to go back to Peyton. Sure. Sean Peyton, the former head coach of the New Orleans Saints, he was an offensive assistant in in the with the New York Giants, and then he was an offensive assistant under Bill Parcells in Dallas. He was the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think, uh, Dan, do you think it's very likely that the Cowboys are looking at a year or two from now and Sean Peyton might be... Uh, kind of targeted to be their coach? I know that Sean Payton and, and Jerry Jones have a dynamic relationship, and I mean that in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of respect back and forth. They've had a number, there's been a number of stories told where um, <clears throat> there's a steakhouse in the Dallas area where uh, Jerry Jones frequents, and supposedly the steakhouse keeps a bottle of this special champagne, this ridiculously expensive uh, special champagne that Jerry Jones likes to enjoy, and um, Jerry Jones had a reservation for a for a, a party there at the steakhouse, and um, so while they were there, while the table was all set up, um, Sean Payton and some of his staff members from New Orleans, because New Orleans and Dallas are not that geographically far apart, mm-hmm. they're a few hours apart. For some reason. Uh, the Saints staff, most of the Saints staff and Sean Payton were in the Dallas area, and they went to that steakhouse, and they found out that Jerry Jones was 
uh, had the reservation uh, at the table there, and they went and took his bottle of champagne and drank and drank it and enjoyed <laughs> it, and they left him with a note, uh, you know, basically. Uh, you know, joshing him in the ribs, saying thanks for having that champagne That's here. Funny. We really loved it and enjoyed it. Yeah. And those kind of things. There's several of those kind of incidents and stories. And Jerry Jones supposedly has uh, much admiration for Sean Payton, so I could see it happening. Um, I wish it would happen sooner rather than later if it was going to happen. Love to see that happen. I've been pining for him since, really, since he left. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, Drew Brees was not the quarterback that he was when he was out in San Diego. Um, he when he played, he was actually drafted in San Diego, and he had a really bad shoulder industri- injury mm-hmm. um, in San Diego. And um, most there was some speculation that he'd never be able to play again after the shoulder situation. And in fact, the Miami Dolphins yes. actually had a contract in place, mm-hmm. but when their doctors examined him, the doctor said, no, 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 get away from him, get away Great from move, him. move, Miami. And so Sean Payton agreed, made a, uh, an agreement with um, Drew Brees that if he came to uh, New Orleans, he wouldn't even have to take a physical. They would sign him on the spot, sight unseen. Yeah. And it, that worked out it for them. It worked out all right. The point I'm trying to make is that I think a lot of the development and a lot of the dynamic quarterback that Drew Brees became has a lot to do with the offense that uh, Sean Payton ran. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that's a prevailing thought. So you obviously give the player credit for becoming who he became. But, sure. You know, yeah, I that I'd really love to see Sean Payton in Dallas. Now you know I'm hopeful that next year is a good year for us, and uh, you know we'll see. Sure. But um, if it's not, if it's not what expectations are, I think you can bet on Sean Payton coming in, assuming he wants to. So. Yeah, that'd be a as wonderful a cowboy situation. Fan, I'd be excited about that. All right. At this point, we're going to take a look back at the NFL uh, division round weekend, and we're going to uh, review what happened and uh, make some comments and stuff. So go ahead, Frank. We'll go chronologically. Obviously, we started Saturday at 4.30. We had Cincinnati at Tennessee. Tennessee was a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And Cincinnati uh, pulls a rather low-scoring game off, 19-16 over Tennessee. Tennessee, the number one seed. I think this game Cinderella completely and totally. Uh, I, I'm not going to take anything away from the Bengals. The Bengals played played pretty well, all things considered. But clearly, the Titans were the better team, and Ryan Tannehill kept kept uh, basically throwing gumming up the works. Yep, wasn't his and, game and that's for sure. He he had three turnovers, uh, two terrible interceptions. Mm-hmm. One that I don't know that you can blame him for the other one because it was a tipped ball. But right. um, he just just. Totally, totally fell flat on his face. Well, the last one pretty much iced the game. Right. I mean, ter- and, it, was, it was a really awful pass, considering the moment. Right. And considering the stakes and the situation yeah. in the game. And, and still, y- Cincinnati had to drive down and kick that last field goal, which they did. But they still, I mean, all all that stuff, uh, the, the Titans were hanging in the game. And why they abandoned the run, yeah. I have no idea. Foreman was actually running the ball pretty well for them. Henry was not so much. Well, Foreman broke a couple long he did. ones. He did. They did. They did abandon the run. I didn't understand that either. It seemed to me that they were trying to force feed AJ Brown, mm-hmm. and he was a great player. Right. They were trying to force feed him, and they were trying to force feed Julio Jones mm-hmm. and AJ Brown. They had some moments early and, on. Uh, I just didn't. I didn't understand why they were so no, with desperate to get the ball in their hands mm-hmm. um, on slants and and short crossing routes. And stuff like that. I know they're dynamic players, and I'm not taking anything away from them. But when you're running the ball pretty well, and I mean, you might not be chewing up big yards with with the big guy, but especially in the second half, it looked like he broke a couple of them for 10, 12 yards. Yep. And why did they abandon it? I just don't understand. I don't understand either, because that is kind of their DNA, right? That's what they do. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Um, questions are being asked, I guess, but uh, their coach seems secure for now. So Right. But, you know, of all the games that that weekend, I felt like that was the most likely upset, even though I pick, picked other games upset. I picked, the, uh, you know, the uh, underdog in other games. I felt more comfortable that Cincinnati could upset Tennessee than any other game being an upset, mm-hmm. if that sounds right. Sure. 
So and it did happen just because I didn't feel like Tennessee was that strong of a number one seed. Well, Tennessee's defense holding that Bengals offense to nineteen points—that's mm-hmm. still a great job. It's from doing them. well. Yeah, it's true. All right, and then uh, the night game on Saturday at eight fifteen was San Francisco at Green Bay, and it was bitter cold mm-hmm. in Green Bay. Yep, uh, snowing most of the game, and San Francisco was a five and a half point underdog. Went into Green Bay and actually pulled the upset 13-10. to 10. Aaron Rodgers just frustrated, couldn't do a thing. Uh, it, was, it was interesting to watch. It's another Aaron Rodgers playoff failure, uh, which are many. Now, of course, it's a team game. I understand that. Uh, but uh, he didn't seem right. No, he did not. And the Packers' defense definitely played well enough to win. Uh, the Packers' defense played a whale of a game. Um, the 49ers, as we've discussed in the past, are a very physical team, smashing the ball they down are. your throat, uh, running the ball, and very dynamic in the way they do it. And the Packers defense, who, that has been suspect against the run, especially all season, stepped up in a big way. And I'm not saying they held them to nothing, but their numbers were dwarfed compared to what they were. And they only gave up 13 points on the day. And the Packers defense did not give up a a touchdown. That's right. Uh, not it happened on a block kick. I mean, it just they were so good, and they had the right game plan. And I don't know. I, I was talking with a friend of mine that's a Packers fan. That's actually not Brian. Um, and I might ask the question: Is Aaron Rodgers doing himself a disservice in terms of the playoffs by playing in Green Bay? When he is so dynamic throwing the ball, mm-hmm. and he ends up playing these playoff games in sub-zero weather yeah. and snow and ice and everything like that, where he can't really showcase his I mean, talents. they have a good running game, but Dylan did get hurt in the game, the, the second running back. Right. Uh, Aaron Jones is their primary. But Aaron Jones had, had in, in terms, he caught the ball really well, mm-hmm. uh, especially little dump passes and stuff. He had nine catches for 129 yards. I just think it's significant that they didn't have the one-two punch of Jones and Dylan. However, the thing is, Green Bay in this game jumped out 7 nothing, and it kind of looked, looked like they were going to take control of the game, and they really couldn't do much after that. Right, they let them hang around and hang around. And, you know, credit to San Francisco's defense. That that kind of weather speaks to, you know, uh, a good defense, you know, is going to, typically is going to rear its head in weather like that. So San Francisco was built for that kind of a game in that aspect. And the other thing that, that was interesting about that game for me was Jimmy Garoppolo uh, went out of his way. Now, of course, this is being sarcastic, but to give the game away. I mean, he threw... At least three very dangerous passes to the sideline where the def- defender had pretty nice angle on the ball and he got away with them. Mm-hmm. And he, and somebody said today in one of the Talking Head programs that Jimmy Garoppolo, you can count on three of those every game. And it does seem like that. He can't get away with that this weekend, in my opinion, against the Rams. Well, <clears throat> he has defeated the Rams the last two times they played. I understand that. And hasn't... Uh, Hasn't San Francisco beat them, beaten them six times in a row now? I'm not sure the exact number, yeah, but so. I know they won twice this year. Yeah, so now San Francisco moves on. They win 13 to 10, and in that game, to I, to re- pretty much put San Francisco in the field goal position, Debo Samuel, who's been dynamic, had a, a run play. They they ran him up the middle, a sort of off right tackle a little bit, and he zigzagged around and got the first down. And that set them up for the game-winning field goal. So Debo Samuel, a very important player for San Francisco, and he's been amazing. Frank and I, and all of our wisdom and projection, we we got those games completely wrong. We did, and my wisdom didn't get any better in the other games. But anyway, yeah. So then we go to Sunday, and uh, we had the L.A. Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Bucks were a two and a half point favorite, but the Rams jumped out to a big lead, and it looked like it was going to be a snoozer. But what happened, Dan? Well, it was 23-3 to in the second half of the game. And I happened to be watching the game at our uh, friend of the show, uh, Brandon's house, and was uh, enjoying more than just the game. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I was enjoying more. I was enjoying the show that was happening as, as Brandon went from dancing and jumping around jubilant to... Throwing things 
uh, dropping things on the floor uh, because he was so shocked at what was happening. And then... Let's go, Brandon. Then blatantly uh, yelling and spewing expletive after expletive. Mm. Um, and I got to be honest, uh, I really enjoyed the show. <laughs> um, and... You know, I love you, Brandon. Thank you for inviting me over. Uh, Cassie, as always, the spread was Good imp- spread. impressive. Yeah. It was impressive. Nice. Um, I, and, I might go just for the show next time. Right? And, <laughs> I'll go for the spread. So, um, Shout out to Cassie because she does a good job. Yeah. So um, it was uh, quite entertaining so to watch. What about I the felt game, bad though? for him. What about but, the game, though, Dan? Um, Your thoughts? The, I mean... Obviously, uh, I'll just um, you know preface it by saying the reason that it ever became a game was the Rams started making massive two terrible mistakes. fumbles by yeah. Cam Akers, and yep. I even said to Brandon before he started fumbling them, "Why aren't they using their bigger back to sort of pound the ball at this point when they were up as much as they were up?" I said to him, "Why aren't they using Henderson? Is Henderson available?" And he said, "Absolutely, Henderson and Sony Michelle were both available for yeah. the game." And I said, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Michelle has had issues with uh, fumbling in the past. I know that he used to get under Belichick's skin mm-hmm. with that one. but So maybe that factored in. But uh, And then Tampa Bay slowly started to creep back. Yep. Uh, uh, I, there was an interesting play that happened when it was still kind of a blowout at the time where um, Brady got uh, helmeted in the lip and no call. And he got his first ever unsportsmanlike uh, conduct call. But the next play, this is so Brady, the next play, uh, the Rams got a lot of pressure on him. He kind of threw a little uh, uh, rainbow pass to the running back Fournette, and Fournette ran for a first down. He kind of said, hmm, here we go. Like he saw the fire in in Brady's eyes. Now it took the turnovers to get the comeback to happen, but Brady started to, you know, make plays. Definitely. And the game started getting closer, and it got really exciting when Fournette scored late in the game to tie it at 27. But in the long run, the Rams got what they they needed done, which is a really how egregious play. In the world, twice. How in the world do you let Cooper Cup? I don't know the 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 best receiver in football Triple this crown. year. Uh, he w- he w- led the league in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Yeah. Triple crown. And he, how do you let him get open? I don't uh, understand. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, there, there, I don't know if there was a mistake. Uh, what do they call it? Um, blown coverage. A blown coverage somewhere. But the last play, where uh, he just ran for a bomb, and Stafford saw him and threw a really beautiful pass. He was open by five yards. He really was. I mean, but he hit him right on in stride, and uh, that was that. You know, and once uh, they got down to there, they just kicked the field goal, and the game was over. So was- I, I, I've been down on Matthew Stafford, but I got to give him uh, kudos. Uh, he played a, a really good game, played very well within himself, didn't try to do too much, didn't try to force the ball. Even under duress, he didn't try to force the ball. Went 28 for 38 for uh, 366 and two touchdowns. Yeah, that's good. And uh, he played really well. He's got himself some weapons, too. You know, even though Beckham has become a favorite weapon of his. Now, you know, not like Beckham has, like, uh, magical numbers. But he makes key catches, and he's really done well since he's gotten to the Rams. Sure. So, I mean, uh, Stafford's at no loss for weapons, that's for sure. I I find myself a little bit rooting for Stafford, but not the Rams, just because I don't like the L.A. teams. I never do. But, uh, you know, if Stafford were to get to the Super Bowl and win it, I would be happy for him after all those years in Detroit. So we'll see what happens. And then then we had the game of games, Dan. Uh, Sunday night, 6.30. Who knew? It would be like this. We expected a good matchup. Buffalo takes on Kansas City. Kansas City was just a one-and-a-half-point favorite, which seemed a little odd, you know, because you figure they've handled Buffalo and they're home and so on. And it turned out to be a barn burner of a game. 42-36, Buffalo wins in overtime. I'm sorry, Kansas City wins in overtime. Well, you know, Frank, uh, I have to t- take a little disagreement with you, with your last statement there. In that, in the regular That's season, in the regular season, the Chiefs got blown out by the Bills. I know that. So, I mean, the last time they played, so that's the reason uh, for the one and a half points. Well, yeah, I'm just saying that um, these two teams played in the regular. season. Now it was towards the beginning of the season mm-hmm. when things were going somewhat awry, was struggling a little uh, for for the Chiefs. But they went, and I mean. Uh, Buffalo just blew them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
you know, there, there was going to be no fear in the eyes of the Bills. And, True. you know, there was no hesitation in them. And so I think that's what made it a great game. And I've been waiting and waiting. I had Patrick Mahomes on my fantasy team this year, and I was waiting, waiting all year for a team to challenge him and him to rise to the challenge because that's when uh, Patrick Mahomes puts up those video game-type numbers, when someone challenges him and he rises to the, ch- to the challenge. So many times that during the season they get up 14, 17 points, and it's like, I don't know if it's purposefully, but he kind of backs off. Uh, and 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 pushing pushing the ball down the field and stuff, mm-hmm. and so uh, you know it just it's somewhat frustrating having him on your fantasy team, knowing that he could do so much and he does he does so little some weeks. But this was just a football a football fan's dream scenario, dream situation. It was crazy. Um, unless you're a big fan of defense, if you're a big fan of defense. Uh, you definitely did not like this game, but uh, when you liked seeing the scoreboard light up and the fireworks being shot off at the at the stadium, uh, this, there was so much to love in this game, especially 25 points being scored in the last two minutes of the game. Uh, both teams going back back and forth, throwing haymakers at each other um, and landing them, and the the dynamic players, other than other than. The uh, Mr. Davis, the wide Gabriel receiver, Davis, right, the, I just the wide receiver for Buffalo coming out of nowhere. Eight but catches, two hundred one yards, and four, four touchdowns. I mean, what a day! Now, one thing you got to factor in here with, with Kansas City as far as defense go is losing Tyron Matthew early Correct. on. He's the quarterback of their defense loss for them. Yeah, right. He he was in concussion, oh, honey badger concussion protocol. And they're hoping he gets cleared. He's able to play this week, but that having not having him and his experience and athleticism back there was a huge uh, detriment for the Chiefs. Yeah, there, this was just a game for the ages. It really was because we get down to a situation where Buffalo scores late in the game and they take a three-point lead, and you're thinking there's 13 seconds left, and you're thinking, all right, game over. There's no even Kansas City with all their offense. They're not going to come back and score even get a field goal with 13 seconds left. But what do they do? Two first, plays. First of all, Buffalo kicks the ball off, and, and Nance, the announcer, and Romo both agreed, I wouldn't kick it in the end zone here. So they made that point. Credit to them you know, to point that out before it happened. The ball's kicked in the end zone. Of course, Kansas City gets the ball in the 25, and what do they do? They run two plays, one to Tyreek Hill, for about 15 yards or so. Arguably the fastest man in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Kind of up the middle. Uh, and then the next one is to Kelsey. They're two best players. At least they're two best receivers. And what happens? They get to a really safe field goal position. They Inside kick the 30-yard line and of, of Buffalo. 45-yarder or so. Yep. And they kick the field goal. And now you get a sense that, you know, this game's going to... I had a sense that now... Buffalo had blown their opportunity, and Kansas City is going to find a way to win this game. And sure enough, Kansas City wins the toss, and they go right down the field, and they score the game winner to Kelsey. Yeah, the the defense was, was surprised. I understood where the uh, where the Buffalo defense was coming from in that they were trying to guard the sidelines and stop it, like some quick outs and stuff like that. But they left the middle of the field wide open. To uh, to Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. and Tyreek Hill just ran a little in cutting slant, caught the ball on, in stride from Patrick Mahomes and was then he was off to the races, uh, taking off running and just like uh, Rich used to scream last year when Tyreek Hill caught the ball against his fantasy teams, that's what it looked like again in that play. Derek McKinnon has really uh, added a lot to the Kansas City team. He's made a lot of key plays down the stretch here and he made one in that last drive. Uh, Mahomes dumped one off to him, and he ran for about 20 yards. But uh, that last drive was just a, a masterpiece. I mean, Tyreek Hill had 11 catches for 150 yards in that Heck game. Of a day, yeah. He's a dynamic player for sure. I mean, Tampa Bay shut him down pretty good last year, as you had pointed out, a lot of clutching and grabbing and so on. But yeah. Buffalo did play back a lot. Um, I don't know if they were winded, too tired, whatever. But uh, long run, in the long run, and the bottom line is, it was an exciting game. It was one of the most exciting games I've ever watched. Just sure. The amount of scoring in a short period of time was unprecedented. Absolutely. We were really treated to some great football over the weekend, in my opinion. Four really good games in their own way. And I've never seen a divisional round like that. 
It was just great to just sit there and watch all the games. It, it was a lot a of fun. So, and as far as the picks go, Dan, um, you were uh, you were two and two for the week, and I was zero and four. And so you're smoking me. You're eight and two, and I'm five and five in the playoffs. So, I uh, don't think I can catch you. Pretty sure I can't. Well, if I get one right, then you can't. If, if I go if I go against you in both these games and then I pick the Super Bowl opposite you, then I could tie you. Right. Big deal. I'm not going to pick it that way. So kudos to you. You're getting them right. Well, thank you. All right. Well, at this point, we're going to transition. And when we transition, I turn it over to my friend Frank. We hold this podcast at the Fox Alarms Warehouse in Easton, PA. They gave us this palatial studio to use. And we're very grateful to Fox Alarms. But we want to let you know about Fox Alarms. Fox Alarms, Lehigh Valley uh, local company here in the Easton area, and actually in Easton. Where the other office actually is in Forks Township, right? Correct. Yeah, their main office. So we want to let you know that um, if you want to protect yourself against theft, against um, a fire, uh, if you need entry or exit uh, alarms, entry and exit alarms, correct? It, well, Am I saying that right? Well, yeah, they're they're uh, called. It's called uh, access control. Okay, access control, access control. They do that too. You want to go and check them out on the internet if you have the opportunity. Go to www.foxbrothersalarms.com. www.foxbrothersalarms.com. They have a great website there where you can check out all of their merchandise and yeah. So protect yourself. Give Fox Brothers a or check them out on the internet or. If maybe you're not one for the internet, you can go ahead and call them at 1-800-FOX-BROS, 1-800-FOX-B-R-O-S. And when you do that, you want to ask for... Mark. Who is Mark? Mark is my younger brother. He is indeed. So give Mark a call or go on the internet and check out Fox Brothers Alarms and get yourself protected. We also want want to let you know that we have an email. Uh, that's you know tied in with the program, and so if you want to email us, you can go to sports with Fox and Frank at gmail dot com. Sports with Fox and Frank at gmail dot com. Now you know that's a great way to communicate with us, and you know you can leave a message uh, asking us to uh, you know maybe asking us a trivia question, or just uh, maybe find out something about us personally, or maybe just make a comment. So what we always do when we talk about the email is we ask Rich. What do we ask Rich? Rich, did uh, a particular person happen to uh, email? I'm afraid not. Um, Rich, <laughs> I'm feeling that this dynamic is like slipping through my fingers. It's not slipping through your fingers. It's just like I said, she's very busy. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. We did receive an email, though. Oh yes, we did. Did we indeed? Uh, received an email from uh, Aaron Kaikama. Okay, what does Aaron have to say, Rich? Um, he says something about the official podcast shoe. Shoe, a really big shoe. Shoe. Okay. You think he was trying to say show, or, or is he trying to say shoe? It yeah, says I, shoe. Yeah, because in, in, <laughs> in the meat of the. Uh, of the email. It doesn't say shoe, but go ahead. But it says shoe in the text. It says it in the title. Okay, okay. what's the text say, Rich? <laughs> okay, here we go. I think the podcast needs an official show. No, shoe. It's a misprint. Yeah. I think the podcast needs an official shoe. Given both your love for the Cowboys, I nominate the Dax Slide. The Dax Slide has ringing endorsements from coaching legends like Mike McCarthy. That was the best option. It's the right decision. Is what he said. That's in quotations. Hurry, time is running out. So your take on that, Dan? Um, I think Aaron is just trying to rub some salt in the wound. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm over it now. Uh, I was a little bitter when it happened and stuff, but I'm, I'm over it now. Yeah, um, this is in reference to the Cowboys' loss, right? In the and, and Dak's mismanagement of the last few seconds there, and and the head coach's mismanagement of it as well. All right, so that's that. We spoke to it, and it's buried. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you yeah, for thanks emailing. for rubbing it in, Aaron. Uh, uh, how'd the Lions do, by the way? Josh Hooks is asking what we think 
um, what we think of the name the Washington Admirals. I could live with it. If I were a fan of the team, it makes sense because they're in D.C. Well, they don't really play in D.C., but they're supposed to be. They're the Washington you know, team. Well, yeah, considering that the Naval Academy is right down the road yeah, in, it makes in sense. Annapolis, Maryland. I could live with that if I were a fan. So, As a Cowboy fan, I care less what they call a team. You know, I, I prefer Redskins, but that's beside the point. Um, I just I don't care um, as long as they keep stinking and not having a quarterback. I'm good with them. Imagine if they hadn't been the Redskins back in the day. They would have never had that great commercial with Tom Landry where he walks into the bar and he says, especially when you're surrounded. You got a sneeze coming up. <laughs> okay, sorry. By Redskins. Yeah, yeah. If you're old enough, you understand what I'm talking or about. Or the commercial where Tom Landry comes out of the suitcase and sings, Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be Redskins. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, there are no more Redskins. So, Admirals is as good as any other name, I guess. Okay. Yeah. What well, does Josh think of it? He didn't say what he thinks of okay. it. Okay. So I'd he's be curious still, to know that. He still calls them the, uh, the R word. And I keep saying to him that that team doesn't exist. Yeah. So. Well, too bad for the Redskins. Okay, well, at this point, we are going to charge into NFL Champion Conference Championship Weekend. <laughs> Gotta love it. Okay, well, we have two games coming up. On Sunday. We do. And should be both really fun and dynamic games. You think? I'm hoping so. I got my doubts about the first one. Sunday, 3 o'clock, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are a kind of a large favorite, seven-point favorite. Dan, your thoughts? I think that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to roll. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. That's it? You don't have any real deep analysis about it? I don't. I think that, I, I mean, the, the Bengals have been a great story. Yep. And, uh, you know, shout out to all the fans in Cincinnati. It's been a long time coming since they had a team that uh, has done really anything in the playoffs and stuff. So I'm sure there's a lot of joy and jubilation out there in Cincinnati. But I think it all comes, the, the, uh, the clock strikes midnight on their Cinderella run, and they turn back into a pumpkin and... Uh, Things fall apart. Well, Dan, I kept looking at this game and saying I'm behind in the picks and I need a win here. And, you know, I knew you were going to take Kansas City. It's pretty much the obvious pick. And I thought, is there a road? Oh, wait, to wait. Are you saying that I only pick obvious ones? No. Okay. All right. Is there a road to victory here for Cincinnati? Is it realistic? Could they no. really pull this off? They've got a dynamic quarterback in Joe Burrow, they've got a dun- dynamic wide receiver in Jamar Chase. Is it possible they could win a shootout? And no. I say no. I say absolutely not because I just see Cincinnati really having a day against that Cincinnati suspect you see, defense. You see Kansas City having a field day. What did you I say? You, you said you see Cincinnati. I see I mean, Kansas City having a big day against that Cincinnati offense and uh, defense And because I, I haven't seen much out of the Cincinnati defense except maybe their pass rush. And I think Mahomes can obviously get around that. Take Mahomes. That's right. So I, I like you. Uh, like you. I like I like Kansas City here. I don't think Cincinnati has a snowball's chance, and you know where, Frank, winning this game. Frank's tired of losing, so he's going to copy my picks. Well, you know, I'm just being realistic. <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'd love to see a road to victory because I like me some Joe Burrow. And I hope for a good game, like you said. You know, I'd love to see a high-scoring close game, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I think Cincinnati wins and beats the spread, honestly. I think they win big. And Kansas City is a tough place to go and win. This is a big spot for young players like this. So I don't expect them to pull off the upset. Then Sunday at 6.30 is uh, the San Francisco 49ers at the L.A. Rams. I'm sure Brandon's going to be very fired up for this one. The Rams only a a 3.5-point favorite. Now, the last time they played in this stadium, San Francisco fans were making a lot of noise. And I wonder if that'll happen again. Dan, your Supposedly thoughts Supposedly the Rams have already started, like early in the week, already started uh, making ways so that to, to try to ensure that uh, it's much more difficult for 49er fans to get tickets to this game. I loved one of them. 
And that was uh, Matt Stafford's wife purchasing a whole bunch of tickets and then offering them out to Rams fans. They had to write to her and give them a re- give her a reason why they should get the tickets. So yeah, they're doing everything they can to fill the stadium with Rams fans. But what do you think about the game, Dan? I'm gonna take honestly. I mean, this is against the grain, but I'm taking the 49ers. You are. I love me some Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. I love Kyle Shanahan. I think he's an he's. In my opinion, the best younger coach in the NFL right now. And I just love his formations. I love the way he sets up matchups with uh, formations and with uh, motion and the creativity he uses um, in, uh, in offensive football. And to be honest, Sean McVay gets a lot of credit and praise for being creative offensively. But he actually learned from Kyle Shanahan because Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the Washington football team when they were the Redskins. And uh, Sean McVay was his uh, quarterback's coach. Uh, So I think that the master still has a few tricks up his sleeve. And I think they're going to, even though I think talent-wise, the the talent slants towards the Rams, um, I'm going to take... I'm going to take San Francisco, and I think Kyle Shanahan's going to has got a few tricks up his sleeve. He's going to display and uh, catch McVay off guard. This was, you took my thunder, by the way, because I wanted to take San Francisco in this game. And since I'm not anticipating being able to catch you anyway, and I already took Kansas City, I'm going to agree with you. I th- I think that uh, I like the San Francisco defense more than I like against the Rams' offense than I like the Rams' defense against San Francisco's offense. I just like it more. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking low scoring. I'm thinking it, it, that the Niners don't win a shootout here, so it has to be low scoring for them to win. And so I'm thinking, you know, maybe a 23-17, to 23-20 win. Hoping for a good close game, but I'm going with San Fran too. I think in the first game it's going to come down. It's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of about 30 to 17 in the Cincinnati Kansas City game. That and I think fair. I think this game's going to be uh probably 17 17 uh 10 17 14 something like that. But yeah. I'm going to say 17 10. I don't think we're thinking the same way. Yeah. You know, again, for me to find a road to victory for San Francisco, I don't think it's in a shootout by any means. Now, if Trent if Trent Williams is unable to play, that does tilt things, a little, in my opinion, a little bit more in favor of the Rams. Uh, supposedly, he's had some issues in the last game, but I'm still going to pick the 49ers to win. Well, I think the Niners come in a little beat up. Period. I mean, Debo Samuel even, you know, limping off the game late. Uh, Mitchell also had an injury, so you know, hopefully those guys recover in terms of our pick. It's one of those situations where you tape it up and you know get back out there. This is the conference championship Agreed. week. This is the game I have nobody to root for in reality because as a Cowboys fan, i got no love for San Francisco, and I already said I don't like the L.A. teams. But I'll hope for a good game. It'll be fun. That's why you got to enjoy the show. That's it. Just put that stuff aside and enjoy it. Yeah. So It would kind of be neat to see uh, the Rams in Kansas City, for me, in my world, because I think that was stand-up for a high-scoring Super Bowl and maybe a lot of fun. Sure. So, All right. So that's it. All right. Well, uh, now that we've completed this here podcast, uh, we're going to uh, wrap it up by talking about our church. That's right. We attend First Baptist Church in at 810 Red School Lane in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. And we meet at 10 o'clock on Sunday. We, you know, Of course, we're in person at this point. And uh, we want to let you know uh, that if you're looking for a place to worship, maybe you've never been to a church and you want to go somewhere where you feel really welcome and hear a great message and um, gather with other people that are really friendly and kind, First Baptist Church is a place for you. Dan, why don't you tell us? When you come in, one of the things we offer uh, on on the little tables as you're walking in is there's what's called a program or a bulletin, and in there's the announcements and all kinds of stuff, but there's also a little fold-out flap uh, a tear off flap to the uh, to the bulletin we call the communication card, and we encourage people to use that as an opportunity to respond to God's word and stuff as it's proclaimed in the service, and also to put on there any kind of prayer requests they have or needs they have, or just you know let us know what's going on in their lives so that we know what to pray for and we know how to t- hopefully take care of some people and, and try to be a blessing to them. 
if you're not in the Lehigh Valley area and the opportunity to come in person uh, to First Baptist Church is really not uh, a possibility for you, we, ha we have a website for our church. And on the church website, which is www.fbcpburg.org, that's www.fbc as in First Baptist Church, pburg, that's p-b-u-r-g, dot org. Uh, and on that website, we have a uh, online communication card where you can fill that out. If you need someone to pray for you, if you would like someone to reach out to you and somebody to talk to, um, and just share your concerns and, and what's going on in your life, especially in the time we're living here with all the mental health and stress that we're all under with everything going on in our world and in our nation right now. Um, if you need somebody to talk to or somebody to pray with you, um, or you can stay anonymous and you can just share what's on your heart. Um, we're, we're not some sort of country club or social, uh, social uh, committee or anything like that. We just, we really want to make a difference in people's lives for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ. So um, if you uh, fill out that communication card online, uh, that would be a, a great thing. We'd love to, uh, to, to be a blessing to you and your family. Um, also on the church website, you can find all kinds of information about activities and things we have going on in and around our church, different programs and activities. There's also a lot of videos. There's videos of our services. Uh, there's also audio-only version of our ser services if you prefer the audio version uh, as opposed to the video. Uh, but there's also some things for kids on there, some dynamic object lessons and things uh, for kids by our wonderful children's uh, director, Ali Goshevsky, and especially her husband, Matt, and their beautiful little daughter. Um, so we just want to really um, let you know that we're here for you, and we hope to have the opportunity to bless you. As we always say, we love sports, but we love Jesus more. And um, First Baptist Church is a great place to come and worship the Lord. We... Um, also, as long as we're talking about the church, we want to congratulate John and Anna Heisterkamp. John is our, our youth pastor and associate pastor. They just had their third child, Silas. And so congratulations to them. Silas Heisterkamp. We love you guys. And so happy to have another member of the church. All right. Sounds good. Congratulations uh, there, guys. We love you very much. And we're Thank you, Pastor. so thankful for you. Thank you, Pastor Tim, Pastor Doug, and Pastor John for all you do for our church. All right, well, without any further ado, may the love of Christ fill your heart. Football, baseball, tennis, basketball, even sports exotic. Oh. You geek guys in soccer and if it's a sport, they've got it. Yeah. They have weird conversations about anything they think. Oh. They have so much in common, it's like their brains are in sync. Twins. We got Fox with the jokes. We got Frank with the knowledge. Oh. They care about all ages. They talk about rolling college. Is. They have that high quality content talking about the teens with their big boy shoes and their big boy dreams on. Oh, yeah, you know who it is. Sports Fellowship. Number one. Follow Fox and Frank now.